0: Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit Come and join Ozzy and myself Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to, to Come on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a difficult relationship Head over to my other podcast, Love and Abuse At LoveAndAbuse.com To help you get clarity on your situation Life presents the toughest challenges Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. All right, I'm so glad that you are here. This is going to be a tough first segment for me. For you, it might, well, maybe it might be tough for you too, but there's a question that has come my way that I'm not too sure if I'm going to have the best response to because I don't know everything. (laughs) I don't know every single answer to every single challenge that comes my way. But the good news is, All she's asking for is my perspective, so I can offer that. I have no problem giving you a perspective. In fact, that's what I try to do. I give you some insights, some perspectives, and then you do what you want with them because I believe in the power of choice. I believe wholeheartedly in the power of choice. In fact, the article I wrote on suicidal thoughts a while back Uh, many years ago actually, at theoverwhelmedbrain.com talks about the power of choice and how it changed my entire direction in life just knowing I had a choice because there's a big difference in knowing you have a choice and believing you don't or knowing you don't. If you know you have no choice, your brain tends to I don't know, stay very linear in one direction, knowing that the options are gone and that one direction is the only direction you can go because you believe you have no choice. But when somebody comes along and says, you have every right to do anything you want, you are free to choose. When somebody says that to you or you realize it and you know it through and through, your brain no longer thinks on a very linear path, it branches out. You start expanding your mind. You start expanding your thought processes. You go into a different world in your mind. You realize there's so much more you could do with your life and in your life. This is why it's important to always remember that in almost every situation you have a choice. I dare not say in every situation you have a choice because I don't know your situation. But there are many scenarios that we get involved in that we think we have no choice, but we do. And we think we have no choice because we probably don't like the choice that is available. If you are in a bad relationship and you believe you have no choice because you have no money, no place to live, uh, no support system... You may think you have no choice, but you do, you just won't like the choice that is presented. And The problem with that, I mean there's many problems with that situation, but the problem with thinking you have no choice is that your brain doesn't expand enough to allow thinking that actually might get you beyond this situation or out of this situation because you believe you have no choice it might be true you may have no choice but if you choose to believe you have no choice then you're stuck it's a rut in a record and the needle can only stay in that rut and it has to follow that rut until the very center of the record for those of you old enough to know records I think they're making a comeback actually but when the needle reaches the end of the record that was the only choice for that needle if you'll allow me to use this analogy. That was the only choice for that needle. It reached the center of the record and it ended. And In most record players the needle would come back and go back to the beginning and then play over again or it would end and the needle would go back to home base. It would just sit in its cradle and sit there waiting for you to manually place the needle back on the record. But the record analogy tells us that there's one groove that you follow and it's almost like everything is predetermined, predestiny, and you're going to end up at that final spot in the middle of the record because you have no choice you can't get off there are ways to bump the record and move the needle but you might think it's still the same groove I might be able to bump it back and forth it might scratch across the grooves And it might go to another place on the record, but it's still the same groove. This is what no-choice thinking does to us, is it puts us in a groove, or better known as a rut. So you believe you have no choice, and you move forward believing you have no choice, and you're in a rut. With the suicide article that I'm talking about, again, wrote many years ago at theoverwhelmedbrain.com, just look up the word suicide in the search field, and you'll find it. I talked about the time uh, I was 15 years old. I was in high school, and I really hated it. (laughs) I hated going to school. I was such an outsider. I was bullied by the jocks. I wasn't smart enough to hang around with the smart people. I had two good friends, and everyone else was just, I, I felt awkward in school. I didn't fit in. I felt like I didn't fit in. So I believed I had no choice for the next however many years two or three years I think I was in ninth grade I had no choice for 10th 11th and 12th grade to continue waking up early every day going to a place I hated up to the point where the record ended at graduation so there was my predetermined path that I had no choice but to go through every single day of my life except for summers and weekends but For the most part it felt like every single day of my life and like i said i just didn't fit in i didn't like high school so in new hampshire where i was there was an option that when you turned 16 you could quit high school i thought to myself what in one year or less than a year i could get out of this crazy place i could actually enjoy life i could have all this time off So all these thoughts of freedom came through my head, thinking that I could actually quit at 16. I could get out of this place. This is crazy. i got to get out of here because I don't fit in. And, of course, you know, I'm living at home, so I have to ask my mom. My stepfather didn't care what I did, but I asked my mom because I knew she would care what I did, or at least I believe she would. And so I went to her and I asked her, Hey, Mom, you know, um how can I say this (laughs) when I'm 16 can I quit school and her answer surprised me she said I don't care (laughs) you can do anything you want I took a step back and I said what really she said yeah whatever you want to do you can quit if you want or not I don't care and uh, she meant it she was totally okay with me going to school or quitting school she was okay with it it was like somebody handed me a godly power and I didn't know what to do with it it was just the key to freedom that she handed me and there I was given the door out of the rut it was just a door that I could open as soon as I turned 16 so I said wow okay so when I'm 16 that's what I'm going to do and she said, okay, that's fine. I know, it sounds like bad parenting. It <laughs> doesn't sound like a good idea. But this is what happened. I'm going to keep it really short. What happened was I turned 16 and I said to myself, all right, this is it. I'm going to quit. This is awesome. This is something I wanted. And this is when um, the ninth grade was just finishing up. I think it was yeah, it was around May, and it was getting close to the end of the school year. So instead of quitting, I decided to just stick it out to the end of the school year. After all, I have a choice. I could leave any time. So the end of the school year came, and I finished it. And I knew that this was going to be the best summer ever because I don't have to go back to school. So 10th grade comes around, you know, it's starting, I think it was August, September, and the first day of school was coming upon us. And I said, you know, I don't even have to go. This is great. And there was a little voice in the back of my head and said, why don't you just go and see how it is because you've never experienced the 10th grade before. And maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be better. And since you can quit any time, you don't have to stick around. So I thought, okay, you know, that's power. I'm keeping my power. I'm going to go, I don't think I said this back then, but I'm remembering it this way. I, I'm i keeping my power. I'm going back to school with the choice to quit anytime. Went back to school, started the 10th grade, hated it just as much as the 9th grade, and decided to... Just continue knowing that I could quit any time. And I'm just going to push through this. I could quit any time. There's no big deal. I'm just going to go through the next month or two just to see if it gets any better. Just to see if I can tolerate this. And for some reason, going through the first few months, even though I hated going to school and I felt like an outcast, I still decided to push forward. I still decided to forge ahead because I knew I could quit anytime so it gave me the motivation to continue not that I wanted to but for some reason because I knew I could quit I decided to move forward knowing that I could quit anytime any day and I think what was happening inside my head was I was giving myself permission that if anything terrible happened that would be the day I say see ya I quit like quitting a job. See ya, yeah, this is ridiculous. I can't handle it anymore. I quit. But I never felt that way. I always felt like I could quit anytime, so why not just continue knowing I could quit? So that's what happened. Throughout the tenth grade and then the end of the school year, tenth grade is finishing up. And I said, you know, I made it through the tenth grade. This is great. I don't like school, but you know, I made it through Knowing I could quit at any time, it felt so different than the years before, because the years before were forced upon me. But the 10th grade was not. The 10th grade was my choice, and I felt like I was in control of my life. I wasn't really, but I was. I mean, there are aspects of my life I was in control of. So 10th grade comes and goes, and now I'm in the summer again, and I'm thinking, okay, 10th grade sucked. (laughs) and 11th grade is going to come in a couple months. Uh, I don't think I'm going back. You know, This is the time. I've done enough school. I know how to read and write and I'm just not going to go back because I don't really need to. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to really amount to much anyway. (laughs) So 11th grade comes along and here I am with that choice again. Well, 11th grade is starting and I thought, You know I have the choice to not go and that choice is very empowering to me and this is how I'm thinking now that's not how I thought then but thinking back this is what it felt like it felt empowering it felt like I could do anything I wanted because I had permission to do it I could do anything I wanted so the first day of 11th grade comes and I said to myself you know (laughs) let's start the 11th grade and see what happens. Let's just see if it's any better. Maybe my junior year is going to be different. It's going to be great. You know, I've heard stories that your junior and senior year, those years just get better and better, and those are where all the memories are. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, all right, we'll start 11th grade knowing I could quit at any time. 11th grade starts, still don't like school. I don't know if I said it sucked or not but I think around this time my ego started getting a boost because I bought a muscle car and I felt really good about myself. My ego was starting to replace my low self-worth and low self-esteem and I was building my ego in a healthy way but I still didn't like school and I still felt like a dummy. I just felt like I did not fit in. I just wasn't learning at the same pace that the other kids were learning so i I just kind of pushed through it and persevered and forged ahead. And then I asked myself again, do I want to quit? When I asked myself this time, I said, "Oh, I'm so close to the 12th grade. Why don't I just make it to the 12th grade, my senior year, and see if it gets better or maybe I can even graduate? And so I made it through 11th grade and I think I passed all my classes. And uh, 11th grade finishes and I have the summer. 12th grade comes, and the same question arises in my mind. I could quit any time, but do I really want to go back? And I thought, you know, I'm just about there. What would happen if I graduated? So I went back to school, 12th grade, persevered through the school, still didn't like it. I did have a little bit more enjoyment in my senior year, and I did feel like I fit in a little bit more but since I already started the 12th grade I knew that the question of quitting probably wasn't going to come up again because I was so close why don't I just make it to graduation and I did I decided to move forward knowing I could quit anytime and I graduated high school and I was thrilled that high school was finally over there is a point to this story the story is that when you don't have a choice life can seem hard it can seem like you're trudging through mud it can seem like there's no way out and it can seem never ending and when i was in ninth grade i felt like i didn't have a choice and i knew the next three years were going to be a lot of suffering for me because i hated it and i didn't want to do it but having the choice gave me a peace of mind that i didn't have before it changed something about the direction i was going even though I was going in the same direction. It changed something about the way I felt about school, even though I didn't like it. There was just something different about knowing I could leave at any time. And so when I graduated and I looked back on the last few years, I said, wow, I I can't believe I did this. I had the option to leave. And something inside of me convinced me to stay. I wouldn't even say convinced. It just reminded me that I could leave at any time. And that one choice is what got me through something I didn't want to do. I think this is probably one of the pivotal philosophies that I created in my life that changed my life forever. At that point, when my mom said, you can do anything you want, I don't care. She really did care But she didn't mind if I made the choice to stay or go. And that gave me the freedom to choose. That gave me the power to do what I wanted to do. And looking back at those past few years, knowing I could leave at any time, enriched my life and it gave me a new outlook going forward. And even though I was doing something I couldn't stand, because I had that outlook, because I could look at something differently, and know I could leave it at any time I was able to get through it and accomplish something that I didn't think was going to happen all because my mom gave me what most people would call bad advice (laughs) my mom said you can do anything you want but I look back at that moment and think that was probably the best advice I'd ever received because it made me responsible for my own choices It forced me into my own choices because if she said, oh no, you cannot quit. You are not allowed to quit and if you quit, you can't live here. You'll have to move out. If she had forced that upon me, I would definitely keep going but I would have been miserable. I mean, I didn't like what I was doing. In fact, I could say I hated it but I would have been miserable knowing I had absolutely no choice. And the moment she gave me that choice... My choices were no longer about anyone else but me. And when it became about me and not about her and what she wanted, I suddenly became responsible. (laughs) That's the thing I think happened is that I became responsible and I resisted my own responsibilities. (laughs) I didn't want to be responsible, but at the same time, because I could choose not to be, I chose to be responsible. And it wasn't responsibility back then. It was just like, okay, you know, I made it this far. Let's just go forward. I made it this far. Let's just go forward again. But her giving me the freedom to choose made me responsible. So the reason I tell you all of this is because it's important that you give yourself a choice even if you believe you don't have one. And I've applied this in other areas of my life. Like at work, if I started a job and I was there for a while and I didn't like it, I felt like at first I had no choice, but then I did some job hunting and I found a possible job and then I got an interview and they say they wanted to hire me. At that point, I felt like I had a choice and, I, and what I decided to do was come back to my work, whatever that was at the time, come back to where I worked and gave myself the choice to quit at any time. And that changed how I felt while I was working. In fact, there were times that I had a job lined up and I decided not to quit because now I had the choice to leave or not and when you have a choice or at least you give yourself that choice even if you don't like your situation knowing that you could leave it at any time empowers you in so many ways because you just feel more confident in yourself you feel more secure because you know that if somebody comes up to you and says something awful to you and you feel disrespected you can say well that's too bad I quit You just have that power. And when you carry that power around with you, you feel better in yourself. It's almost like you get to be you. You get to be authentic. You get to say what you want to say and do what you want to do. And what has ended up happening for me every time, every time I gave myself the freedom of choice, what has happened to me is that When I was expecting someone to come along and say something that I dared them to say in my head, they never said it. There was just something different about me and how I was arriving, how I was showing up that caused people to act differently around me. I mean, this is my guess. I'm not saying I did a research paper on this, but when I decided to give myself a choice to stay someplace or not or do something or not. When I waited for something to happen to allow me to make that choice, that something never happened. And I just continued knowing I had the choice at any time. And it's worked out every time. I'm not saying that you always have a choice. I'm just saying make sure you allow for the possibility of choice and even better, give yourself a choice. Know that you can do this other thing or go this other direction anytime you want. Because when you do that, The way you think changes, and when you think differently, things you used to find miserable can change as well. Now, that doesn't mean you don't make the choice. Sometimes you have to make that choice that you give yourself, because that's the right thing to do for you. It's the healthy thing to do, perhaps. But this is why I'm so adamant about always having a choice, even when you feel completely stuck, without any options, without any choice. Sometimes you have to put those choices in there, even if you don't like them just so your brain can expand beyond the rut it's in we'll be right back after this You know, I brought up that article on suicide and you know I'm sure that kind of resonates with a lot of people listening right now it certainly reminds me of what I went through in my early 20s and I I went through a, maybe a couple of years of suicidal thoughts and fortunately for most people it can be a stage of life that everything is falling apart and you're not sure what to do and you don't know a way out and you do feel like you have no choice so what do you do? And those are the kinds of thoughts that they can come up sometimes. And I want to make sure that you have all the resources available to you that you need. Yes, there's the suicide hotline. You can call them. If you're really thinking about it, definitely reach out to them. They, they have a website and they have a chat system and it's anonymous. But sometimes we're dealing with mental health and wellness issues that we just need to talk to somebody about your mental health is vital it is it's important so that you can think healthy thoughts and sometimes it's hard to do sometimes it's hard to access those healthy thoughts without some sort of guidance of course my blog and my podcast and everything I do I'm here for you but sometimes you need that one-on-one guidance and this is why I talk about BetterHelp very often you'll hear me talk about it throughout the year BetterHelp is a professional counseling service that you can use online You can use their messaging system on the phone. You can do video chat. And when you sign up, what they do is they assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. So this is so different than in-person therapy in the sense that you don't have to get in your car. You don't have to go into the city. You don't have to go to an office. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But some people like myself do appreciate doing things from home or your car or even during your lunch break at work. Or even if you just want to message someone to help you through some stuff, BetterHelp offers all those online options that will give you that one-on-one I'm talking about. So I'm telling you about this in case you need it. I've heard from many listeners that use BetterHelp. They appreciate it. They are getting value from it. And it has changed their lives. I've heard from many people. It's changed their lives. So I want you to check out BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H E L P. forward slash brain to help you figure out what interferes with your happiness is something preventing you from achieving your goals this is where you can get professional counseling and you can send a message to your counselor at any time you get thoughtful timely responses and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions as well again all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room They've been recruiting counselors in all 50 states. And as a TOB listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash brain. If you are dealing with any relationship issues, sleeping issues, trauma, anger, family conflicts, even LGBT matters, go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. That's BetterHelp forward slash brain. If you go to that URL, you'll get 10% off your first month. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Welcome back. One of the reasons I dug into that old article I wrote is because somebody sent me a message. I'm going to read you this message, and um, this was the tough thing I was talking about at the beginning. In fact, I never got to it, the first segment. The first segment I said, there's something tough. I'm going to talk about it because I'm not sure if I have the answer. I don't ha- I don't have all the answers, but let's see where we can go with this. This person wrote, Hey Paul, I've really benefited from your perspective on things and I thank you for that. The episode on judgment made so much sense to me and has helped me see things differently. The episode on suicide was very deeply helpful to me as well. A few years ago, my older sister killed herself as a result of an accidental overdose. She'd been sick for a while due to her torn relationship with my mom My sister avoided the rest of the family, and we never get a chance to say goodbye to her. And then the following year, my girlfriend of six years told me that she wanted to break up with me because of my jealousy and insecurity issues. Yes, I admit that I can be jealous and insecure. It's something I picked up along the way. I had a few past girlfriends cheat on me, and two of them cheated on me with the same girl, a friend of mine, too. I wish I could take it all back, but uh, she moved out a few weeks ago. Before that, I felt like I was on this emotional roller coaster for over a year and a half just trying to grieve. Last year, my family found out that my other sister committed suicide in a hotel room. That sister also tried before and has been suffering from addiction and depression for many years. She just fooled everyone to thinking that she was doing okay. Four months later, my dog died. My rock for nine years was gone. My sisters were gone and my girlfriend was gone. And I had never had to deal with all this loss in such a short amount of time. I'm definitely wondering, why me? Yes, I know it's a lot to lay on you, but I'd really like to know your take on all this. I've also been seeing a counselor for almost two years now, which is good. I also wrote a book, and I'm working on another one as a way to continue to cope and grieve. When all this craziness ends, I'm planning to start a podcast too. Thank you for your timing and for creating a tool that brings as much comfort as listening to a good friend's advice. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing that, and wow, I mean, what do you do? Everyone is dying around you, and you're in the middle of a breakup. Everything is falling apart. This is the question that is very difficult to answer because we are all in a different situation. We all handle death differently. We all handle breakups differently and to address a couple things in your email before i tell you my perspective is definitely listen to my episodes on uh, jealousy and insecurity we we got to work on that stuff so if you're still working on that stuff that's just a little side note i do have episodes on that you can find them at theoverwhelmedbrain.com but let's talk about the main point of your message it seems like you're becoming more and more alone in the universe and when i think about that and i've done meditations on this and i've shared this on the show before but i've meditated on waking up being the only person alive like the only human being on earth everything else is the same but everyone is gone i don't know if you want to call that judgment day <laughs> i'm the only one left so if that says anything uh and uh i wake up and my girlfriend's gone my family's gone and I just go through this process in my mind. What would I do next? What would be my next step? And I would leave my house. I would knock on the neighbor's doors. I would make phone calls. I would take a drive. I would go try to see if my family was around in New Hampshire. And I go through this whole meditation in my mind. And I did this nightly for quite a while just to get in touch with myself. And it was very helpful because who are you without anyone else in your life? This is something that I've considered for a long time where we have a lot of dependencies, we have a lot of emotional attachments with other people in our life and when they come into our life, we start to identify ourselves as I and them. So I becomes we and I becomes us and our entire identity Changes because of these people in our life. So when these people show up in our life, we start identifying as ourselves and this other person, for example. In my case, it's me and my girlfriend. It's us. And if she left, a part of me would leave with her because she is part of my identity now. So you asked for my perspective. I think what happens when we start losing people in our life is that a part of us dies if they die. I know that's a terrible, miserable thought, but I think it's an important one to understand in yourself that when somebody comes into your life, if you're like me, you start to identify yourself as them being a part of yourself, if that makes sense. My girlfriend is a part of me now. She is in my thoughts. Every decision I make, she is a part of those decisions. There are times when I'm alone, I'm playing my guitar, and I am just in my own space, and it feels good, and I'm reflective, and I'm calm, and I'm peaceful, and she's not necessarily there, but in a sense, she is. And would music be the same without her? This is where That part of me, if she was gone, whether she died or just decided to leave the relationship or whatever, if she was out of my life, that part of me would be out of my life. And I know this sounds awful. It sounds sad. It sounds like, well, if that's gone, then you have all these missing pieces of you. And if those pieces are missing, you don't feel complete, you don't feel whole. And because of that your perception changes your feelings change you're not maybe as happy as you were because with all these pieces missing who are you and this identity that you've lost or at least pieces of this identity if they're gone again who are you what makes up you and the experiences that you had with these people they happen they are part of your memories and they will always stay a part of your memory but without a future with them that piece of you is missing and so I I see these things happening in fact this is timely because I was just thinking about the death of my own father uh... several years back he died of cancer at a very young age sixty something sixty-five i think And I thought I was okay with it. I thought that I had grieved. I thought I had processed and healed and I was moving forward. But then I was talking to my girlfriend and suddenly I started crying. And I thought, whoa, where are these tears come from? Because I thought I had processed this. I thought I had healed from it. And of course, that sounds like an an arrogant stance. Well, (laughs) I'm healed from that, so I'm not going to cry about that. No, because that part of me is still missing The part of me is still out there, and he has it, or he is it, depending on how you look at it, and that gives me some comfort and some pain. It's nice to know that that part of me is out there, and I don't know where out there is. He passed on, and what does that mean? Where is that part of me now? But he was a part of my life. He occupied that space inside of me, in my mind, in my heart. And when that was gone, and that space freed up and left behind a hole, if you want to look at it that way, or a void of some sort, what has to happen is it has to be refilled with something else. So when somebody disappears from your life, whether they die or leave, and you have some sort of grief or some sort of missing component of you... That is going to involve grieving not only your identity but their loss and your you not seeing them anymore. And that's painful. There's there's pain involved in this loss and part of your identity leaving. Because now when you have thoughts, your thoughts change. Now when you think of the good times, the good times feel different. Because you know you can't have any more times with them you can still have good times but not with them so this brings you back to yourself because as people in your life go away in whatever fashion it opens up these spaces it can create these voids these holes inside of you and when those are present in you you don't feel whole so when the holes h-o-l-e, are present in you you don't feel w-h-o-l-e And this is all my perspective. This is all philosophically speaking and, of course, from the heart. Because having gone through similar situations where I've lost people I loved, I now identify with myself and as myself differently. This doesn't necessarily mean it's terrible and will always stay terrible. In fact, what needs to happen, and this is where I'm taking you with this, What needs to happen is now that you have this hole, you need to fill it with something else. And that filling part is what I might call purpose and meaning. What is purposeful to you? What is meaningful to you? That you can start filling these voids in your mind and your heart. Because if they're not there to occupy those spaces inside of you anymore, and other people already occupy a space inside you somewhere, they're not going to replace those spaces but when somebody is no longer in our life and we had love for them then that part of us feels like it's gone so what i believe needs to happen and what i've worked on myself is we find purpose in ourselves and that purpose starts to fill what's missing inside of us it doesn't replace them it just helps us feel more whole and gives us more meaning and more purpose and a good example of that is what this person wrote and said "Uh, I'm writing a book and I'm gonna create a podcast and I think that is a fantastic way to go because creativity helps the emotions come out creativity can give your emotions a voice I've come on the air before and I've started crying and had to stop recording because I'll be talking about something that I'll get all choked up about And it'll be difficult to continue because here I am talking. I'm expressing and I'm being authentic. I'm connecting with something deeper inside of me. Thinking of my dad, are there still tears in there? Probably yes. If I go to that place, I'm probably going to access them. I had such good memories of my dad and then we were estranged for 10 years because of some issues, but then we reconnected right before his death and I was telling my girlfriend I wish I had known my dad as the person I am today back then I wish I could go back in time and be the person I am today with him back then because my boundaries are different now I could talk to him from a much more mature place I could see the toxicity before it happened and honor myself if it happened there are just different ways I would talk to him today so I do feel a loss that I didn't get a chance to talk to him and be with him as the person I am today. So that choked me up a few weeks ago, and I did have to kind of process that a little bit. But coming back to what I'm talking about here, when you lose someone in your life, yes, it does leave a hole. It does leave a space. And the grieving part is because that space is there and grieving is necessary and feeling angry might be necessary and definitely crying and being upset and maybe even screaming and maybe even resentment that they did this or whatever is in there, I think needs to be experienced. So when you go through something like this, some sort of loss, anything that's in there has to come out, at least be expressed. I'm not saying that you let it all go. Sometimes we hold on to Pain and it hurts, and uh, the people they're not in our lives anymore, so we're going to feel the pain. It's still going to be grieving in small ways, but it diminishes, it decreases as time goes on. But it is important that whatever is in there comes out, and the person that wrote and is writing a book and going to create a podcast is going to have an opportunity to express this stuff in ways that maybe I wouldn't have done when I was younger. Like when I was younger, I would hold that in. I didn't want anyone to see me cry. I didn't want anyone to think I was angry. I was the ultimate uh, chameleon so that nobody thought that there was anything wrong in my life. And that was not healthy. It was not healthy to hold that stuff in because, as you've probably heard me say before, the thoughts that you suppress and the emotions that you repress turn into depression. And when that happens, you stuff all that down, all of these emotions that you have and all these things that you should probably be expressing or at least screaming in your car, <laughs> if you just want to get it out, all of that stuff that's down there, all these repressed emotions, if they aren't expressed in some way, in the form of tears, in the form of writing, in the form of music, in the form of words, they don't go anywhere. And then they sit there and then they get piled on with other emotions and sometimes the original emotions get buried and then you have other emotions on top of that and then you pile more emotions on top of that and that's when you feel a different kind of void in your body and that's the void of no emotion I don't know if you've ever been depressed but when you are you basically feel numb At least that's my experience of depression. I felt numb. I felt like I was totally devoid of emotions. What used to make me happy didn't make me happy anymore. What used to make me sad didn't make me sad anymore. I was just completely emotionless. And talk about miserable. That was miserable. That felt like no purpose, no meaning. What's the point? That's when those suicidal thoughts can come up, is when your head is the foggiest And you've not been able to express or release or process any of those emotions that maybe were stuffed down and maybe need to be expressed. So coming back to this message, I think you're doing the right thing by being creative, being expressive. And what that does, your creativity and your expression starts to give you meaning and purpose. You know, it doesn't have to be some big meaning. It doesn't mean you have to save the world. You just start to build it in yourself and let it expand. I started this podcast in 2013 and I let it expand. I let it continue and I reach the world now. And Expressing has helped me process and release a lot of stuff. When I write, I process and release a lot of stuff. When I'm being really honest and vulnerable with the people I love and I tell them what's on my mind and how I'm feeling and what I'm processing, that has helped release. In fact, one of the biggest releases I've had was in my mid-30s when I finally discovered and admitted how much hatred I was holding on toward my stepfather. When that came out in tears and screaming, (laughs) I was completely surprised by it because I didn't think I could hold hate in my heart. This is sometimes something we do. We hold emotions in our heart that we don't think we're holding. And because we think it's not right to hold those emotions, we never express them. That can be a huge problem too. I held onto hatred for so long that it wore me down. It wore me out. It caused me to continue being depressed at that time. Because I never realized how much hate I had for my stepfather, because I was always supposed to be the nice guy. That was my belief. I was always supposed to be nice. I was always supposed to keep my cool. I was always supposed to keep the peace. That's what my mom taught me keep the peace, stay neutral, be the people pleaser. And I did that over and over again. And uh, people pleasers do this a lot. They just repress, they hold back, they don't express. And because of that, they get burnt out. They get worn out and they wear out their relationships and they can become very depressed because they don't express. And when you express and start talking about this stuff or releasing it in tears or screams and just connecting with that part of you that may have been repressing for all that time, you can start to release this stuff. And this also applies when you're grieving you know don't hold the grieving back you might have to go through some tough times grieving you might have to miss somebody so badly that you just cry and cry and cry until it's out and then maybe tomorrow you can cry again or maybe in a year you know it's gonna happen you're just gonna get hit with something one day and you have this moment and you just need to go through that moment but don't hold back This is the kind of stuff that needs to come out. So, I've given you a few points of my perspective. I don't necessarily have a magic pill for you to get over this. To the person who wrote, I think this sounds like you're going through this and you're going to be okay. It's just a very difficult time. But I do believe that when you have these losses that come up in your life and you start feeling less and less like yourself because your identity is getting kind of shattered, that what used to be there needs to be refilled in a different way through meaning and purpose, through creativity, through following a path that maybe needs to be different than what you followed before, or maybe not. I mean, if you feel like you're on a path of meaning and purpose now, great, you continue following that path. And often you can't control where people go and when people leave you it's just gonna happen so remember that this is a normal process when you feel like you'll never be happy again or you'll never experience love again this is a normal process and it needs to be felt and quite honestly it sucks (laughs) it's terrible but you go through it it's a stage and a phase and it passes and Everyone has a different length of time that it passes, but it does pass and it does get easier and it doesn't mean that you don't miss them and wish they were back with you, but as those missing pieces of you are refilled with your own purpose and meaning, what ends up happening is that you start connecting with yourself again and that allows you to connect with others again. Because after some big losses, you know, sometimes you don't want to connect with others. You just want to be by yourself for a little bit. But when you start connecting with yourself again and giving yourself some meaning and purpose, it can help you connect with others and reconnect you with the world at large if you want. And those spaces will never be replaced. Those missing pieces may never be replaced fully, but they'll be filled with something else that helps you move forward, that helps you continue the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and you will make it through it. That's my motivational comment to you. You will make it through it. Thank you so much for writing, and thanks for listening to another episode of The Overall Brain. We'll be right back with my thank yous and goodbyes, and my final words right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our sponsor, BetterHelp. I think that's an important sponsor for today's episode. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Get 10% off your first month of this great online counseling service. I'd also like to thank the patrons of the week. These are the financial supporters of the show. They keep the show going. They are Monica, Victoria, Tracy, Crystal, Fong, Christy, and Andrea. Thank you so much. I read different names every week, the people that are in the patron program with their monthly support of the show, and uh, I am so grateful that anyone does that. I think it's just very generous, and my heart is warm that you do it, and I just want to read your names to appreciate you and give you some credit because of your generosity. So thank you. And also, I want to thank Walter. Walter is a new monthly donation that just showed up. I'm so grateful, Walter. Thank you for your kind and generous donation. I'm very grateful for your support. So thank you, all the patrons, anyone that donates to the show. Listen for your name in an upcoming episode. I appreciate you once again. And if you find value in this show, head over to moretob.com and you'll have some options there. And if you join the patron program, you also get some private episodes and workbooks and worksheets. So that option is available too. If you're not familiar with that, you can check it out over at moretob.com. And I'm going to mention the Love and Abuse podcast. If you are trying to figure out if you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, head over to loveandabuse.com. That's my other podcast. I'm also going to mention the Healed Being program. I just started that a few weeks ago, and it is helping a lot of people I have many people that have signed up for this program over at HealedBeing.com and it is for a very specific type of person. This is for the person who realizes they are being hurtful in their relationship or toward people they love and they want to change. You know, sometimes it's emotional abuse, sometimes it's just bad behavior or uncontrollable behavior sometimes we do things unconsciously and sometimes it is conscious and we got to work on that too but anyone that is being hurtful whether intentionally or not and wants to change that behavior head over to HealedBeing.com. you get the first four lessons free i think you'll get a lot from those lessons and finally thanks to kevin McLeod of incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain And I'm going to read you another email that I received. It's a real quick one. This person writes, "Uh, Thank you so much for your podcast. It feels like you were in the same meeting with my boss as the one you were in. Except when I stood up, my boss brought me into his office and said, Never correct me again in public. (laughs) I thought I had cameras on me asking me, Now what would you do? I have multiple sclerosis, so peace in my nerves must always be calm. I went through a relapse last year that left me with bouts of dementia, vertigo, poor hearing, and other fun things. It's been a struggle in priority in my values. Your podcast has really helped put things in perspective of increasing my self worth. All the things you discuss make perfect sense to me. I feel less crazy for sticking to my values, and I have confidence to move forward. Thank you so much. That was all they wrote. And what they're referencing is the story I told when I spoke up for myself when the boss was putting everyone down. This was uh several years ago, maybe uh 11, 12 years ago, I was working for a company and the boss was going around the room and pointing his finger at everyone, asking him what they're gonna do to, you know, make profit for the company. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And everyone was giving their answers and you could just sense the the fear in the room or I don't know what it was. It was just everyone felt very uncomfortable because the boss really hadn't acted like this before. Uh, at least not to this extent. And I just watched him point his finger at everyone with that expression and that inflection in his voice and I decided for the first time that I was going to speak up against this. You know, this is a problem. I'm going to practice honoring my boundaries and I really made this choice, you know, talk about the power of choice. I decided to give myself a choice to get fired if that's what needed to happen. I decided just to say, you know what? I have a choice. I could speak up and say something or I could shut my mouth and let this happen. If I shut my mouth and let this happen, then I have no choice. I have to shut my mouth and let it happen. That would be my choice. But that would be my only choice. And I didn't like having that only choice. I decided this time I'm going to give myself the choice to speak up or not. And so, as he was pointing his finger to the next person and to the next person, and then eventually to me, I made the choice to say something that um, silenced the room. (laughs) What he said was, what are you going to do to help the company make a profit or something like that? And I told him what I was going to do. And then he said, well, why are you going to do it? And I said, "Uh, so you'll stop yelling at us. (laughs) And the room went silent. And he looked at me and he said, oh, so you think I'm yelling at you? And then he moved on to the next guy. And I thought, what? He didn't fire me? What, what just happened? And then I thought, well, maybe it's going to happen after the meeting. But that's not the point. The point was I gave myself the choice to speak up, where before in my life, I had never done that. I had never given myself that choice. It wasn't a choice. That was not an option. You should never speak up to your boss. That was my belief. But I decided to give myself that choice when I knew I didn't have that choice. But I gave it to myself anyway, and that's the point. I think that we have to give ourselves choice sometimes so that we don't hold back, so that we don't suppress thought and repress emotion and become depressed. Not that everything leads to depression, but I had dealt with depression before, and I didn't want that to happen again. And I realized if I didn't say anything... I would feel like this was some unresolved suppressed emotion that I would carry around with me. So instead of holding it in, I let it out. It was passive aggressive, (laughs) but it was worth it because I felt damn good that I didn't have to hold that in my body anymore. And not holding that negativity in my body allowed me to feel so good about myself. It was like I gave myself a gift to express myself even at the risk of being fired, even at the risk of somebody not liking me, something I'd never done before. I'd never taken that kind of risk where I just stood up in front of everyone and said that. And uh, he didn't fire me. My supervisor came by and said, you know, you probably shouldn't have said that. And I said, "Yeah, you're probably right, but oh well, I'll try not to say that again. But a couple of my coworkers came up and said, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad we were all thinking the same thing, and you said that, and um, they were just so happy I said something. So I actually felt like a hero after that. I wasn't trying to be the hero, but that's what ended up happening is I felt like a hero to all these people that really felt like they had no choice. Talk about feeling meaning and purpose standing up for other people. Again, not that I was trying to do that. I wasn't saying, I'm going to stand up for everyone and tell them what I think. That wasn't it at all. This was all about me. This was all about me not wanting to be belittled or disrespected. I wanted to stand in my integrity and my character and speak up for myself. And that's what this person did in the email. She said, you know, I spoke out to my boss and my boss took me aside and said, don't ever correct me in public again. But, Look at the difference that uh, this person went through. I mean, they went through all this stuff, multiple sclerosis and dementia and vertigo and poor hearing. All these things happened. But here they are saying, I'm feeling better in myself. My self-worth is increasing. I feel less crazy for sticking to my values and I feel more confident to move forward. I don't know if it's all because that person spoke up and said what they wanted to say, but whatever they're doing, they feel more comfortable in their own skin. And I you know, I repeat that over and over again. When you can feel more comfortable in your own skin, you feel good being you, and you can express that you to the world, life is going to have more purpose. You're going to feel like you'll be okay. This person gave themselves a choice. Instead of just staying silent, they gave themselves a choice. And I'm not saying that every choice is going to lead to the best outcome. Sometimes it doesn't. But my philosophy is to stand up for myself, stand up for my integrity, and be proud of who I am and not let other people walk all over me because I'd done that all my life. I'd been the people pleaser, the chameleon, the adapter, the, the balancer, Mr. Resolution, <laughs> Mr. Fix-It, and I'd never had enough self-compassion to say, you know what, that's a problem. That's a problem for me and I won't tolerate that. I never did that for myself and once I started doing that my life changed and I hope your life is great or at least getting better by the day even if it's taking tiny little baby steps or giant leaps of faith which I like to take either way as long as you're going in the right direction you're gaining forward momentum I think that's a great direction to go and if you don't feel like you're going in that direction or no matter what you feel always keep an open mind This is what helps you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing.